0: Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim nahmaduhu wa ala kareem amma Abad. Alhamdulillah, tonight is the 28th of November in the year 2023, and alhamdulillah, we moved on to the 26th night that we're going through the illustrious and blessed life of the Eminent Companion, Sayyidina Abu Huraylah. And among the section in which I'm mentioning the peoples sometimes having doubt about his authority in relating. And yesterday I spent most of the session discussing the governor of al Madina at the time, Marwan. But then I mentioned that Marwan, despite the fact that he had some grievances with Abu Huraira he would still venerate indeed such was his trust that Marwan would regularly appoint Sayyidina Abu Huraira as the governor of al Madina in his absence so again this shows how much he uh, regarded him, he deputized him. so for instance in Ahmed in his Musnad number 9305 with a Sahih General Transmission Muhammad ibn Ziyad, Rahmatullah, he relates. Marwan used to appoint Sayyidina Abu Huraira in charge of Al Madina, i.e., in his absence. Indeed, if he الله, saw someone letting his iza, i.e., lower garment, drag, he would strike the ground with his feet and say, Qadja al Amir, Qadja al Amir, the Amir has come, the Amir has come. He would then relate, "Qāl Aḥbūl Qāsim sallallahu alayhi sallam, 'Lā yanzulillāha ilā manjara izārahu batara.'" Abu Qāsim sallallahu alayhi Wasallam had said, "Allāh subhanahu wa taala will not look at the one who lets his izār drag out of pride." So, so let's look at this. So, this is a sahih hadith in Imam Aḥmad's Musnad. So he's appointed as the governor of al-madina now think about that if i was to ask you what is the role of a governor would you say that one of his roles is to make sure that the males have their garments above their ankles you think why would a governor have that task when abu Harera saw this he'd strike the ground with his feet and he would say Qad jaa the Amir has come he would then relate he goes, I heard the father of Qasim say, Allah the Almighty will not look at the one who lets his izar drag out of pride. So, why did he strike his feet on the ground? And the scholars say he was also a humanist. He had humor. And he was highlighting, Look, I'm the Amir. You must listen to me. So, you'd expect a very serious command. And what did he say? He goes, Lift your garment open. Because the Prophet instructed this. And he goes, Whoever does this, uh, Allah will not look at him. Uh, he's showing the gravity of the crime. And in terms of the ruling, the Hanafis are the most lenient. Mufti Taki Uthmani, he mentions that whoever, um, when a male lets his lower garment drag below his ankle, if he does it without pride, it is makruh tahrimi, it is bordering on the haram. If he does it with pride, it is a major crime. And that's the lenient ruling. And the reason that I say lenient is because the hadith in Abu Dawood Sayyid, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi he said, lowering your garment above your, your ankle is pride. Mm. So if you look at the Sayyid hadith, it, a person is nonsensical to say, I don't do it with pride. The Prophet goes, it is pride. Mm. So who's telling the truth? Mm. Is the Prophet telling the truth or are you telling the truth? Mm. I don't do it with pride. Then you respond, the Prophet said, it is pride. And if he says, well, I don't do it with pride, then you're denying what the Prophet said. Wa but having said that, the Hanafis, they looked at all of the proofs and they said, it is a great, it is bordering, encroaching upon the haram. And this is for the males. It's not just the lower garment, it could be the turban as well, when you drop the tail below the ankle. Note that Sayyidina Abu Haraira, did not consider this to be of the minor matters. Just like the venerable Amir al-Mu'mineen Sayyidina Umar After he was fatally struck It is related that Umar Despite the serious condition he was in He said to a youngster who was praising him O son of my brother Lift your clothes For this will keep your clothes clean And save you from the punishment of your Lord This is in Sayyid Bukhari Number 3700 And Sayyid Muslim So Umar was fatally stabbed he died a few days after he was struck. And in that, you know, precarious condition, he sees a youngster. And his youngster, his lower garment was trailing. Did Umar, despite his precarious condition, ignore that? No. Mm. He said very, you know, you know, with affection. He goes, lift your clothes. It will keep them clean. Then what did he say? They, it will save you from the punishment of your Lord. Meaning it's a sin. <laughs> If Something involves punishment, it's a crime. <laughs> Thus, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud later said, الله, May Allah have mercy upon Umar. الله, the condition he was in did not prevent him from speaking the truth. This is in Fatal Bari 7 65. So, the scholar scared he was dying and he highlighted this. Now, you get a completely healthy scholar, ignores it. <laughs> So there's the drop in the standards of the Ummat. <laughs> Think about that. The scholar is the successor of the Prophet. He has to mention what's right and what's wrong. And do they? They just ignore it. Astaghfirullah. <laughs> in fact, even worse, they're committing the crime. <laughs> I don't do it with pride. The classic statement, the with. <laughs> but it is pride. This episode clearly shows that Sayyidina Umar R.A., despite being fatally stabbed and nearing his death, did not see this, the issue of isbal as a minor issue as some of today's day and age respond when they are advised about this and other issues mm-hmm. indeed even when Umar was healthy he had given a man a very stern rebuke in this regard mm-hmm. it is related when Sayyidina Umar saw a man dragging his izar he called him he said are you having your period <laughs> The man said in shock does a man have period mm-hmm. For men's, Umar said, what made you drag your izar over your feet then? He then ordered for the blade, folded the lower ends of the man's izar and cut what trailed to be lower than the ankles. This is in Ibn Abi Shaiba in his Al Musannaf, volume 8 page 393, Tabari in his Tariq and Shaykh Al-Bani Rahmatullah stated, Sahih. So think about that. If you call a man a woman, is that an insult? He certainly is. So he goes to the man, are you having your menses? So the man is thinking, Amidum mumineen Maybe men cannot have menses. He goes, al-Mu'mineen, do men have menses? He goes, they looked at his trout. He goes, Why is your lower garment covering your feet? <laughs> now look how interesting. He didn't tell him. Sorti ah, he did it himself. He got a blade, imagine how embarrassing the man must have been. Grabbed his lower garment, cut it. He goes, now go. <laughs> This is when he was healthy. When he was on his deathbed, obviously he just told them. Like I mentioned, this is again a a crime that is common now. Some sins, you know, they're just common. People just treat it as like nothing now. In one hadith in Sayyid Bukhari, the Prophet said, Whatever is below the ankle is in the fire. Whatever is below the ankle is in the fire. So again, there's so many clear reports. And again, only for the males, obviously the females, this is something they are, you know, encouraged to do, let alone not do. So not Abu Hurairah, his response was, he did it with humor. He goes, the has come, the has come. So this was the way he approached the the subject, radiya In Abu Nu'im al-Hiliyah, 1-385, Sayyidina Ta'laba ibn Malik al qudazi radiya who he said, Abu Hurairah, radiya once came to the market carrying a bundle of firewood when he was governor of al Madina in the days of Marwan. Abu Huraira upon seeing me he goes, "O son of Malik, give some more passage to your Amir. I responded, the passage is wide enough for you. He responded, give some more passage to the Amir for can you not see the bundle is on my back? (laughs) So what is going on here? So, do you ever see a governor carrying firewood on his head? This is something that porters do. You know, the, you, know, the, that you, you know, the menial laborers that you hire. Why is he, as a governor, carrying firewood? Because he was showing he's got no pride. So when he saw, and this is his humor again, you know, you got to keep this in mind, he was a very humorous man. When he saw Ta'laba, he said to him, O oh, son of Malik, make room for your Amir." Now, why did he say that? Because the arrogant governors, they do that with pride. So they may be being carried, you know, like on the shoulders of people. And even then, they go, get out of the way. So Abu Haleda, humorously, he used that statement. He's get out of the way. The Amir's coming. So, and he's carrying firewood, saying, this is where the Amir is. So then, Ibn Malik, he said, the path is big enough for both of us. Why do I need to move? So he responded with, with humor. And then he goes, give some more passage to the Amir. Can't you see the bundles on his back? Mm-hmm. Those being appointed the governor of the sacred city made no difference to his auspicious and simple lifestyle and joyous nature. Mm-hmm. People like to be around people who are like, you know, smiling and happy. You know, it's, you know, perk you up. If you get a person who doesn't smile, how long before you get miserable? In fact, you might be feeling great. Half an hour with that person, next minute Prozac comes out. You know, I'm feeling depressed. And this is what happens. So Abu Huraira always giving positive vibes to, to others, making people understand the deen in a very you know simple manner. Another report. Ibn Abi Rafi, Rahmatullah, he read Marwan appointed Sayyidina Abu Harera in charge of Al-Madina and he left for Makkah. So why is he going to Makkah? Maybe Hajj, maybe Umrah, but he put Abu Hurairah in charge of Medina. Sayyidina Abu Harayra, Allah, he then led us in prayer on Friday. And after Surah Al-Jumma, he recited, منافقون, When the hypocrites come to you, Surah Al-Munafiqeen, Surah 63, verse 1, in the second laqat. So stopping the report. So he's the Imam now, of the Jumma prayer. In the first rakat of Jum'ah, he recites Surah Al-Jum'ah, Surah 62, which is two pages. In the second rakat, he recites the next surah, Surah Al-Munafiqin. So Ibn Abi Rafi, because I caught up with him after, and I asked, "Innaka bi qan Ali yubnu Abi Talib bihima kufa. You recite two surahs which Ali ibn Abu Talib Allah, used to recite in Kufa. In other words, why did you recite those two surahs that Ali recited in Kufa? Abu Hurairah responded, رضي "Inni sallallahu wasallam Jum'ah. Verily I heard Rasulullah recite in the Fridays. So let's look at this. So this is in sahih Muslim number two thousand and twenty six two thousand and twenty seven in the chapter on jum'ah abu daud number one thousand one hundred and twenty one til number five hundred and nineteen hassan Sahih, ibn imajah number one thousand one hundred and eighteen Ahmadin is his musnad number nine thousand five hundred and fifty four so why did that man approach so now this is important you need to know the political climate marwan's the governor so who's the caliph I mean, Muawiyah, So what has just recently passed? Who's Khilafat? Is it the least Hazrat one? Ali. Where was he based? <laughs> Kufa. So they were supporters of Ali, الله, and they were the supporters of Muawiyah, And the supporters were either very pious or the ones who were basically had very little knowledge the ones who had very little knowledge, who were supporting Muawiyah, they thought ignorantly about Ali. (laughs) You know, propaganda. People saying, well, you know, this, that and the other. So when Abu Hurairah, and I think about this, he is now the deputy of the deputy of Muawiyah. In Jumma, he recites two surahs, And a man who prayed behind him, he thought, Look what he's thinking. He goes, you just read two surahs which Ali used to recite in Kufa. What? Now you understand why he's asking that. In other words, did you support Ali? Abu Hurairah responded, I heard Rasulullah recite them on Fridays. <laughs> no, tragically, some of the people were now erroneously thinking ill of the hallowed personality of Sayyidina Ali. <laughs> Radhi Allah, But, Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu, with a few choice words, silenced them. (laughs) So, look how beautifully he did it. He diffused the situation. He could have said, Yeah, what's your problem with Ali? And then emotions would have got stirred. He just said, The Prophet decided them. So, he beautifully got across. That means Ali was following the Sunnah. And he beautifully got across, You're ignorant. But he didn't do it in that manner. He goes, Rasulullah resided those two students. So note, when he was the Amir deputized, he was doing the most beautiful job of enjoying the good and forbidding the evil. But doing it in a way that nobody would get hurt over this. In a joyous manner, in a simple manner. So note again, he's educating the Da'is because there's a way in which to, you know, collect people. Misunderstanding. You get the shotgun approach which is not Hardly ever correct, or you can take the approach which is the best way. <laughs> I reason with them. Another report in, in is Musnad, Volume Two, Page 36 Thirty haythami in Majma al-Zawa'id, Volume Two, Page Seventy One. Abu Khalid al-Bajali, aleyhi, he said, "I asked Sayyidina Abu Huraira radhiyallahu, did Rasulullah sallallahu leave you in salat in this way? I light and short." Abu Huraira responded what did you find disagreeable in my salah? I replied I am asking you an ordinary question. There is no ill will within it. Abu Huraira responded yes it used to be even briefer than this. His standing would last as much as the muazzin took to come down from the minaret and join the row. So, let's look at it. So, this is an authentic hadith in Imam Ahmad Muslim. So, what's happened? Abu Hurairah has led the prayer. We don't know what prayer it was. Wa and it was short, you know, a light prayer. So, Abu Khalid al-Bajali, look what he asked him. Did Rasulullah lead the prayer like that? <laughs> so, now that could, you could take that two ways. One is, he's rebuking Abu Hurairah or oh, another way is he's just curious. He's thinking, did the Prophet also pray like this? Mm. So Abu Huraira, look how interesting. What did he ask him? Mm. What did you find disagreeable in my Salat? In other words, do you have a problem in what I just in how I just offered my prayer? Abu Khalid al-Bajidi said, "No, I'm only asking a question, meaning I just want confirmation." Mm. Abu Huraira said something amazing. He goes, "Yes, the Prophet did." lead prayer like this. And he would make it even shorter. Then he said. His standing. In salah. Would take as much time as the muazzin. Coming down from the minaret. To join the row. Mm-hmm. Meaning that's how short his standing was. Mm-hmm. Anas. The servant of Rasulullah also echoed. الله, At the time of Rasulullah. We used to perform the salat in a way which if any one of you duplicated today, you would speak ill of him. <laughs> are you thinking it to be too light and short? <laughs> this is in Ahmed in his Musnad, Volume 3, page 158. Al-Haitami in az Zawaid, Volume 2, page 71. So now you've got to know who these people are. It's not Joe Blogs and Jack Higgins, right? <laughs> Abu Hurairah, we're going through his life. <laughs> does he know the Sunnah? <laughs> of course he does. Anas, whose life we went through quite recently. <laughs> Does he know the sunnah? And look what he said. He goes, If we perform salat like that today, and you copied, you would think ill. You buffoons, you would think ill. Right? In other words, what's he telling them? He goes, Why are you thinking ill? You think we, the companions of the Prophet, aren't following the sunnah? (coughs) Think about that. You know, it's like, where did you pop up from? Never saw the Prophet. Right? And the ones who saw the Prophet teaching, you're questioning them. Now, why did the Salaf then stand for so long? The long standings of the glorious Salaf, used to be in the dead of night, by themselves with their Lord. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whilst in contrast, they would have compassion upon those who offered the obligatory prayers behind them. Why? Because they felt pity. No. They were obeying Rasulullah. What did he say? The Allāh ﷻ, our beloved Messenger, Allāh appointed Uthman ibn Abi al As al to be the Imam of his people, and he told, him, that day بأضافهم واتخذ مؤثنا لا يأخذوا على عذانه أجره. Lead the salah according to the weakest of them." And take a Muazzin who would seek no payment for doing so. This is in Nasa'i 2-23, Abu Dawood, number 531, Timmadi, number 209 is Hassan, Ibn Imajid, number 714, Ahmad in his Musnad, 4-21, Hagim in his Mustadrak 1-199 stated Sahih to the criteria of Muslim, Zahabi, Sahih, and Shaykh Al-Bani, stated Sahih in his Irwa ul ghalil number 1492. So, who's Uthman ibn Abi al-As al thaqafi mm. Where's your blogs? Mm. <laughs> Anybody know anything about mm. Uthman ibn Abi al-As al-Thakafi. Mm. So, is your blogs? Mm. Right? MashaAllah. So, the clues in the name. Where is he from? Thaqif. Mm. Okay. Where is Fakif? In Bonsle, right? Where's <laughs> Kif? Taif. Where's Taif? How near Makkah? Very near. Five Thirty miles. So he embraced Islam. He was a youngster. He embraced Islam when the Prophet was besieging Taif. So this was at the end of the Prophet's life. Maybe two years before he left the world, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When the people eventually embraced Islam. They came. Rasulullah appointed this youngster as their imam. Mm. Uthman ibn Abi al-As. He was a youngster. The reason was because he knew more of the Quran. He mm. goes, You be their imam. Mm. And we got very interesting reports about this sahab. First, he, he got whispers in his wudu and his salat. Mm. And you get the famous reports about where the Prophet mentioning the sh- there's a shaitan in the wudu who makes you go excessive, and there's a shaitan in salat that makes you forget. So the Prophet told this companion what to do, how to deal with them. Mm. And Alhamdulillah, he goes, This, you know, this whisper left mm. So this companion, what did the Prophet say to him? Mm. He gave him two commands. <laughs> Lead the Salat according to the weakest. Now, be honest. How many Imams apply that? Don't even look behind them. Just, the ikab is taking place. They're looking at Qibla. Well, aren't you supposed to have a look to see if anybody's, you know, and maybe there's an elderly person. Maybe there's a person who's ill that you know who's ill. Or they all, you know, sat, right? And most of the time you notice there's some elderly people. some sometimes, sometimes sitting on the chair. But straight away what is the divine command you now pray according to his standard <laughs> Imam goes bizarre right the person you see him in the chair next man he's reading so a what the <laughs> right and the Prophet وسلم, actually rebuked a companion for this who was Mu'adi bin Jabal he was made the Imam And when he led the prayer, he led Baqarah. So a man broke the prayer. Imagine that, he actually broke the prayer. And then he says, I'm gonna complain to the Prophet about this, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When Mu'adh finished his prayer, the Imam, he goes, he's a munafik. When Rasulullah heard what happened, he called Mu'adh ibn Jabal and he said to him, are you causing fitna, Mu'adh? So whose side did he take? Did you take the side of the Imam or the one who was complaining? Why? Because he's on the right. And then he told him, recite this Surat from the from the last years. Was Shamsi, Wad read those surahs. <laughs> so that shows the Imam has a responsibility. Now any time the goes in front. You know, his yeah, goes in front, what's he doing? You know, he's reading. Does he read that in tajjud? No, he doesn't even pray tajit. So why is he knocking his out? <laughs> Right? The Prophet, wa sallam, when he led the prayer, he would sometimes hear a child crying and he'd shorten it. Even for children. Mm. Forget about blokes, right? Even children, he'd shorten the prayer. Mm. He short the Surat. Mm. So note here, Abu Hanifa. what did he say? He goes, Rasulullah did shorter prayers than this. Because what's your problem? Mm. Anas radi said, Because what's your problem? Because <laughs> you think ill of this if you followed the Sunnah. Mm. And a lot of people think, no long standing yes, you are tajid, brother, you play tajid, or you glory hunting, right? They call glory hunters. You know, mashallah, the crowd, let's read Bakara, mashallah, who are you praying salat for? The crowd of oh Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the second command was, lead the, um, make a muazzil, offer the azan, but make sure he doesn't get paid. Meaning, what sort of azan is that? Before Aqsa fell into the Yahudi's hands, they were paid Mu'azids. That's why we lost it. We don't lose it due to politics, right? There were people being paid to do azan in the third holiest masjid. That was the state of the Muslims. Now they're crying, aren't they? Oh, right? What did the Prophet say? You know, look outside. What are the brothers, you know, some brothers went there. They go, Allah, Allah is not going to tolerate, tolerate this for much longer. And he did it. Subhanahu <laughs> wa paid Mu'azim. when he's st- still in some masjid you've got paid mu'azims. imagine <laughs> what's he calling to <laughs> his wage packet right imagine so now like I said in contrast the imams offer longer obligatory prayers and their tahajjad, if at all is virtually non-existent <laughs> to almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our complaint <laughs> so note again Abu Huraira he Langho, he's been deputized but being deputized, he knew that this was now a golden opportunity to spread the sunnah because people are now moving further away from the Prophet. وسلم, and note he was beautifully doing this. It was nothing but an honor, a gift given by Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the city of His beloved Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Are there any questions you would like to ask? سبحان ربي وبحمدك لا اعبد الا انك غفور لك وبك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك وتبت بك وبالله من الشرك وسبحان ربي كذلك ليزت مي سيفون السلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الاصل الانسان الذي يخص الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات وقول الحق <تصفيق> وقول الصدق صدق الله